The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with a song still in them. I am Trish Kinotti, and this is Adam's Rib. What is masculinity? The four types. Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and a man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. That's a quote from William Shakespeare. So you ask yourself, what does all this mean? That doesn't sound too bad. We are all actors. We all have our parts. We all have our exits and our entrances, life and death. Time slowly marches on. It seems like there seems to be a purpose in our mundane, in the everyday life. That doesn't sound too bad. If anything, it sounds exactly like what life is supposed to be. You're born, you live, and then you die. But what happens in the in-between stages? What happens when you don't fall into the role that you were supposed to play? What happens when your life is uncomfortable? And I'm not talking about material possessions. I'm not talking about ambitions or plans. I'm talking about just the mere act of being you is uncomfortable. The mere act of being you is traumatic and painful. What happens that no matter how hard you try, you always seem to fall short? Or worse, what if after you followed all the rules, your life still collapses right before your very eyes? With that in mind, I want us to go back to what we talked about in the first episode, more specifically about masculinity. I want to talk about men. And before you roll your eyes, I'm talking to you, men. I want to take you on a journey where you begin to understand your world a little bit more, where you begin to ask questions and maybe for once actually get an answer to who you are. Only you can do that. But I am here to hold up a mirror and ask you what you see. Who do you wish you could be? And why, in spite of all you have tried, all the rules you have followed, you are still falling short. Let's try a fun exercise. We did this in the first episode. I want you right now to think about a situation you often take for granted in your everyday life. How do you and your mother, your sister, or your wife, girlfriend, whatever, navigate and approach certain spaces? For example, how confident are you in a market? And how confident do you think your mother, your sister, your wife, whoever, are at the car wash or at the mechanics? And we're at a function. Who sits outside talking and who goes into the house or into the kitchen? Why? Well, answer is simple. That's just how it is, you see. Cool. Now, that is what Shakespeare was talking about. We are actors. Those little pockets of social organization are called gender roles. And roles are essentially performances. In the previous episode, I broke down all the definitions and explanations so you can catch up. That's what they listen to if you haven't. It'll help you follow this better. Now, we all know watching our shows, our binge-worthy shows, there are different characters in them. Some major, some minor. For every Jon Snow, there is Grey Worm. For every Jack Bauer, there is President Palmer. In every classification system, there are major and minors, some more powerful than others. We were told in Shambhala Wanyama, 
All animals are equal, but some more equal than others. This is the same with the notion of masculinity. So let me break this down to you. Unbeknownst to you, much like the major and minor actors, there are also major and minor types of masculinities, what you'd call types of men, really. But um, let's just get academic for like two seconds. Bear with me. So we have four categories of masculinities. And I'll encourage you as I go through this list, just try and see if you can find yourself. Try and see if you can, which, which one piques your interest. Try and think about maybe your past experiences, high school, primary, childhood, even where you are right now. Try and see yourself as I go through this list and we'll take it back from there. So the first one is hegemonic. Hegemonic is basically, think about Messi, Beckham, Rooney, James Bond. Um, if you watch Mad Men, Donald Draper. This is the ideal form of maleness, of manhood, basically the man. This is determined by race, which of course more often than not is white. It's established by and supported by wealth, physical attributes, dominance, you know, prowess, um, someone who just owns the space just by being in it. As soon as they walk in, they own the space. This is the gauge by which all other types of manhood are measured against. This man is envied by men and desired by women. The second category is subordinate. Subordinate kind of resembles hegemonic in every way. For example, they're white, they're wealthy, social status, same, except in their performance of maleness. Because now, in this, uh, in this category, subordinate is more associated with femininity. The object of their desire, more often than not, is other men. Less physically strong, very flamboyant, feminine, you know, just the guy who just isn't, quote-unquote, just, just, who doesn't fit into is not quite right. Almost, but not quite. Then we have marginalized. That's the third category. This is solely based on race and or social status. Basically, any other minority, if racism is to be believed. So one can possess hegemonic qualities, but still fall into this category. I like to call it almost, but not quite. Think of Cristiano Ronaldo, LeBron James. Now in your mind, you're thinking, what the what? These are like the ultimate guys. Absolutely, they're wealthy, physical prowess, they're the man, they are envied by men, desired by women, but for one thing, that they're not white. This also works in Africa as well, given the complications of colonialism and neocolonialism. For example, certain tribes are seen as better than others. To bring it further closer to home, let's think about like a restaurant or a space you went to where a foreigner was served before you. Or assumptions were based, assumptions were made about your spending power, which affected the treatment you got, in spite of the fact that you literally were in that space. The hotel, um, the restaurant, whatever it is. Um, and the fact that you were there obviously means that you could afford it, but still somehow the treatment you received um, was not up to par with your spending power. So think about something like that or even how certain professions in our society are held higher than others. So you can be wealthy, black, or any other minority male, and you're still seen as less, simply because of that one main thing. The last category is complicit masculinity. 
complicit masculinity appears to be hegemonic, but partially participates to sustain it. A complicit masculinity doesn't really actively pursue the benefits of masculinity. I mean, they're just, they're just dudes because they happen to be dudes. Nothing, not trying to stand out in the crowd, not really trying to benefit or actively pursue, um, you know, the trappings and the, and the benefits of being a man in this society. But they prefer to partake of them. Think about the nice guy, the friend-zoned guy, the one who's called a mama's boy, the guy who has no hustle. This is defined differently, of course, over cultures and different contexts. This man doesn't really inspire respect amongst other men. And women often tend to dismiss. So those are the four categories. So as I was talking, did you see yourself somewhere in there? Has anything struck a nerve? Whose voice did you hear? Your fathers, your teachers, your mom, your boys? Ask yourself who set the game and changed the rules just as you are about to win. Can this explain what has shaped your experiences as you've navigated your life? Has this shed some light on where you have been, or even where you are right now. This is not to box you in in any way, but to act kind of as a starting point, a compass, a roadmap, because you can only know where you're going if you know where you've been. But worry not, we still have ways to go. Come as you are, and we're going to build something from the ruins, from the ground up. You can do this. It's hard work, but well worth it. Let's continue on our journey. Let's get back to the garden. Let's get back to the original plan. This has been Adam's Rib. Please share, subscribe, and spread the word. We have lots of work to do. Mm-hmm.